Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Hey there, everyone. It's Denise Salcedo, and I think Jeremy Lambert. Today, we're going to be talking about NXT TakeOver 36. However, Jeremy does not want me to see him as of this moment. I do not know why. Uh, Jeremy, what's going on? I'm here, but I have I have bad news, Denise. It's the, it's the news? end of an era in NXT, right? Yes. So, I mean... We're an end of an era. Things things are just it's looking grim, right? It's looking grim for NXT. Okay. It's it's looking very grim for NXT. What on we earth have is this? We we're mourning NXT. It's grim out here. Jeremy, are you in mourning? It, it's tough. It's tough out here for NXT, Denise. Jeremy, I don't know what to say. I do not know what to say. It's over. Yeah. The end is here. All we're we're here for the funeral of NXT. It's here. Jeremy, we're supposed to have a little bit more more hope though, don't we think? Did you listen to Nick Khan today? What are we I hoping did for? To Nick Khan. I did listen to Nick Khan and the changes are coming. The change exactly. They're coming. And I think today was the final chef's kiss farewell. We had a fantastic show. It really is the end of an era. We're, we're in. I got the armband. Shout out to Jeff Hawkins. We got the armband to mourn NXT here. Are you going to do the entire show looking like this? No, I'm dying in this say, thing. I can barely I don't know breathe. How take this seriously, Jeremy. I can't breathe at all in that thing. <laughs> I was like, Thanks. you know, I was terrified. I was like, what is he going to do? Why can't I see him? What on earth of a surprise is he about to give me? <laughs> I love your morning look. Jeremy, when I go, please do not come looking like that to my funeral. <laughs> For those of you joining me, it's Denise Salcedo. It's Jeremy Lambert. And we are literally going to talk about probably a very phenomenal show. Uh, one of the best takeovers, I think, in a quite some time. Jeremy, before we get into all the, you know, nitty gritty details of the show, your overall thoughts on NXT TakeOver 36? It was a good show, right? Like, it was it was a very good show. One, I was very worried that it was going to last until midnight, so I'm happy that it was over by 10.30. It felt like 
an old school NXT where you just got banger after banger of matches. Uh, the problem was there was that just the black cloud kind of hanging over of, of what's to come. But if you just look at this show in a vacuum, it's a tremendous show. I think so too. I mean, there were several matches that I absolutely love. I think we all know which one was match of the match of the night. What you know, some people are saying is probably one of the greatest matches that we have seen this year. I think that Walter and Ilya Dragunov just completely. Um, I can't explain it, but I was just so legitimately happy watching that match, Jeremy. I was so selfishly hoping that it would never end because it was that good. And even afterwards, I felt so because they had started after that match. They had started playing the clip of Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross, And I thought for a second they were going to go with that match next. But then it ended up being Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, like no matter what, whoever is going up after these guys, like kudos to them, because that is a tough spot to find follow yeah i thought that colin o'reilly is going to close in hindsight the correct move not to have it close because uh crowd crowd wasn't a fan of that finish and you got the feel good moment with, with samoa joe on the finish but yeah following walter and Ilya, that was the match i was most looking forward to all weekend like from from the start of this weekend we, we knew it was going to be a big weekend in professional wrestling and that was the match i was most looking forward to because for their first match was fantastic uh, at NXT UK, I think back in October, uh, that match ruled. And you knew they were just going to come in and, and beat the hell out of each other. That's exactly what they did. That's the kind of stuff that I like to see. Just two men going out there, trading blows, making it look real. I, I love that match. I love Walter. Ilya Dragunov rules. Just a fantastic match. My, my favorite match of the weekend, the one I was looking mo- most forward to, totally delivered. And it delivered, considering that it had very high expectations. You know, sometimes when things are like so, you know, people are very excited about them. Sometimes, you know, it could be a hit or a miss. You know, you have that extra pressure riding on this match. But I think it definitely delivered. But obviously, we're going to talk more about that in a second. I am going to jump into a couple of the uh, Super Chats that we got here. Because this is going to be an interesting night. Because we have several topics to talk about. Uh, Jeremy already mentioned that interview with Nick Khan that said a lot. I did a scrum with Triple H that kind of said a lot there too about the future of NXT and then also we still have to talk about Adam Cole and just kind of everything that went down overall so this is going to be a jam-packed show we are going to cover everything in a chronological format because it's just easier that way also shout out to Luis who is going to be moderating the chats today Uh, this is my first time having somebody moderate the chat so hopefully hopefully Jeremy we don't mess up or I don't mess up moderating these or helping run these chats. All right, but here we go. You're Let's already get- messing up Denise. What? It's like you've been in Vegas partying all weekend or something. Jeremy, it's been insane. I'm not all <laughs> mentally there right now. Okay. I'm just not all it. there at the moment, but let's go ahead and start reading some of your super chats and then we'll get into the actual show. But I do want to get a couple of these out of the way before I stress myself out, but here we go. Uh, we got our first super chat of the day. This one is from, I love me. Uh, some soya Sova who says, uh, Walter versus Dragunov 2 is easily a match of the year candidate. Jeremy, do you agree with this statement? Uh, yes, it might be my favorite match of the year. I'm very bad at like picking out match of the year. Sasha and Bianca, certainly up there. Uh, Britt and Thunder Rosa, certainly up there. I'm very bad at like ranking matches and stuff, but Walter and Ilya, uh, probably, easily top five. Easily top five if I go back and like actually try to rank them. 
I completely agree with you, but I do feel that in terms of like in my memory bank, this is the match that I feel right now is my match of the year. But obviously, you know, I'm going to go back and look at some of the other matches that I have completely loved. And I will go ahead and, you know, uh, talk about those, you know, when that the time comes for it. And I've completely lost track of all the super chats. So Luis, <laughs> my man, he's there. I'm going to be he's got the document. Go yeah, I got the document. pulled up. <laughs> thanks. Thanks so much to Luis, guys, because I already <laughs> fell apart with these uh super chats <laughs> all right so let's just get into the show all right let's just get into the show and we'll figure it out from there but in terms of overall uh, overall thoughts we do have a super chat from zach barber who says rip nxt if i had to go out at least it wasn't a blaze of glory yes 100 i completely agree with that too we got some comments on some super chats on cm punk this one is from new punk rants who says hi denise i just wanted to say hey also cm punk i was in chicago and i still can't believe it happened nothing will beat that feeling that night uh i know this is obviously not uh you know a comment about nxt but i think we should ad- comment this a little bit because cm punk returning to or returning to wrestling debuting at AEW was seriously one of the highlights maybe the highlight of the wrestling weekend considering that we had the return of becky lynch we had the return of of brock lesnar there was so much in terms of all of those moments jeremy for you how do those moments rank up uh punks what was by far number one i mean no offense to to becky brock anything on the the show tonight but like i'm not even like a punk fan like like a big time punk fan and Man, the, the energy for that was just different. I've watched that entrance and that pop so many times. Like it, it just it hit so so different uh, when when he came out. The Chicago crowd and everything. Yeah, that was the top moment of, of the weekend for me. Fortunately, like SummerSlam kept the momentum a, a fair amount, a little long in the tooth for me. But and then Takeover was very good as a wrestling show tonight. Like tonight was the best like pro wrestling, uh, just re- straight in ring wrestling show of the night punk returning was the top moment of the weekend. I completely agree with you, even though I, okay. So I obviously was there for SummerSlam and that Becky Lynch reception was absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. Like it was the loudest one in terms of like me being at a live event. I had never heard a, a pop like that. Like I did for Becky Lynch, but in terms of like the moments, I do definitely think that there's just so much with the CM Punk moment, so much story that that definitely ranks at number one for me. Number two, because you know, I'm a Brock Lesnar fan. I got to put Brock Lesnar at number Are two. You? I'm a Brock Lesnar girl, Jeremy. I I didn't know. Brock hasn't been around in the majority of the time that I've known you, so I didn't really know this. (laughs) That is very sad, actually. If you think about it, that is pretty true. (laughs) And then I would put Becky Lynch at the third one for me, but obviously this is going to be different for everybody here. Uh, We got another super chat from Valab Mami Pudi who says, Jeremy Lambert, you've done it again. We got some love for Jeremy. I appreciate it. Finally, some love for Jeremy. Uh, we I deserve another- all the love. I've been working hard this weekend, Denise. You've been you've been part, you know, rubbing elbows with Rhea Ripley and Rhea Ripley telling how much she loves you and everything. Meanwhile, I'm here doing 15 shows, doing 30 articles a day. Like I- I'm not out um, there, you know, hanging with the big stars. I'm I'm here in the home base grinding. 
Are you done, Jeremy? Because I'm about to. You know what? I understand you're in the home base grinding and all of that, but who Getting do you the think is up. out there? Who do you think is out there preparing the questions, setting up the camera, running the camera, doing the interviews, making sure I don't fall apart and I get a good interview out of it? Who do you think is going the hell home to edit those damn videos on hotel Wi-Fi, which sucks so bad, by the way? Holy oh, cow, I don't... three hours to just post up like a few, uh, a few interviews that would have literally taken an hour and a half. I don't want to hear it, Sean Ross Sapp, complaining about, oh, I got to edit these videos. I spent. No, no, here's the difference. Here's the difference. I actually got my videos up. Where the hell are Sean Ross Sapp's videos? He's going to post them in six months. <laughs> it's the truth. All right, here we go. Oh, we got a, we got a super chat from Brandon Charles Powell who says, all of the baby faces won tonight. A nice way to end the era. Did they really? I didn't even realize that. Did you realize that, Jeremy? Uh, I didn't because one of the babyface wins was was not a babyface win. It didn't seem like so. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> Denise, Denise, Denise. Sean, how are you? Oh, goddamn tiny. <laughs> wow, the language. The language on he you. You literally had me muted for like two minutes and I didn't even realize it. And you guys were laughing and I couldn't figure out why the hell you guys were laughing. <laughs> this language, Denise, Denise. I freaking muted Sean. It took you longer to unmute yourself than it is for me to post my interviews. That's have you ever heard of evergreen content, Denise? Don't blow your wad in one day with all these interviews. Sustain the content, Denise. By the way, Denise, hold on, hold on. Did or did not a WWE superstar walk up to us this week and say, by the way, you you muting Denise on the show is hilarious. Yes, that is true. But th this person <laughs> also said that they were a fan of the show. I just hit Denise with a cattle mutilation. <laughs> you literally made me mess up too. And instead of unmuting myself, you made me take myself off the screen. So thanks a lot. You know, I'm supposed to be a professional here. I'm trying to do well at this you're job. You're at the wrong show. Yeah, a professional. I'm trying Denise. to be a professional here. Uh, I want to give the people a proper review. Denise, a professional? Well, I mean, did you even have breakfast this morning? Yes, I did. I had What'd you have? I you had, had McDonald's? That's yes, gross. I had a sausage. Hey, we're not, hating. we're not That's... hating on McDonald's breakfast. McDonald's oh, breakfast. Yeah. We are. Wow. Muted. Muted. Because that's going to make you feel bad all day. See, I know how to Mag unmute my mic. Unlike Matt. What? Who's muted? So where to God, you're going to do this during an ad <laughs> read? No, I didn't mute you, though. <laughs> Magicspoon.com 
has all the flavors you love. 13, 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving. And it's You can, uh, you can have all the cereal flavors you love without the guilt. You can have it for a snack. You can have it for breakfast. You can have it pre-workout, post-workout, whatever you want. Magic Spoon is fantastic. Check it out. You can get their variety pack, uh, and uh, you can also customize your own box with all kinds of flavors. Jeremy, I believe you got some Magic Spoon recently, didn't you? I do. It's very good. I don't have it next to me, but uh, yeah, the the uh, maple, the maple syrup, and the, the oh. cookies and cream. Very, very oh. delicious. It's so good. Cocoa fruity frosted, blueberry, cinnamon. There are so many flavors of Magic Spoon to choose from. All the flavors you loved as a child, or uh, when when you're just an adult, uh, you know, just running around pretending that they're doing hard work, like Denise Salcedo. And, you know, you want to eat something responsible. Magic Spoon would be a better option for breakfast. But Denise uh, doesn't really know about that. Uh, Denise can barely even speak because I've muted her so many times. Like, she's just so dejected and so defeated. But that's the thing. When you eat Magic Spoon, you're not, you're not, you're not like, oh, man, I regret eating that for breakfast. I'm really bummed out. Oh, no. I... I it's got all those carbs, unhealthy junk, all that sugar. No, Magic Spoon doesn't have any of that. When you use the code Fightful at magicspoon.com, you save $5 off your order. And they have a 100% happiness guarantee. So you get your money back if you don't like it for any reason. I've unmuted Denise. Denise, you worked oh, really hard this cat. weekend. I'm very proud of you. What's the cat's name? Igea. Ooh. Sean, uh, are Denise, you even supposed to be on this show? Uh, I'm editing interviews right now as we speak. Oh, you, you finally. Did... Mine are all up, Sean. Oh, that must be nice. Yeah, it That's, is nice. It's weird. I didn't get the preferential red car carpet treatment from WWE like you or did. I'm not on the <laughs> payroll like you are. I don't, I'm not running around here. Vince I'm not running. He loves me. He sees me and he goes, good shit, pal, and gave me a shit ton of money to well, go and me... cover the red carpet. Let wow. me tell you, if there's one thing we know Denise does well, it's good shit. She takes big, fat shits. Sean, there are people here who want to talk about NXT TakeOver 36. Oh, yeah. Walter and Dragunov was awesome. Maybe match of the year. It was incredible. Cole versus O'Reilly. Hey, guys, FightfulSelect.com. I have an update on Adam Cole's contract status. Uh, Denise, you really did work hard this weekend. I'm very proud of you, but Jeremy no, did not. as well. I'm upset too. I'm gonna mute wow. her because she's trying to pretend that I, I I'm not proud of her for for working her ass off. She did very good, but Jeremy also worked very hard this weekend. Uh, thank did. you guys. I'll see you all later. Bye, Sean. All right, so Sean just messed up the entire flow. I of didn't this mess show. up anything. <laughs> I never mess up a flow. I enter seamlessly. This is why you have a YouTube super chat moderator, Denise, to keep you on track. Dude, poor Luis. He's already got pages of like super chats that we haven't even read, man. All right. Oh, Sean's Luis. Gone. <laughs> Luis is working hard this weekend. The, the the super chats for the punk show and for SummerSlam, getting all those together, not easy. Not easy. All right. At all. Now that Sean is gone, let's please get the show in order. Okay. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> I appreciate it because this show is falling apart. 
And I do not appreciate that. All right, let's do this, everybody. Did we even talk about the pre-show match yet, Jeremy? What's there to talk about? Rich Holland won in two seconds. We haven't even got into the pre-show match. All right, really quickly. Thoughts on Trey Baxter versus Ridge Holland. Rich Holland won in two seconds. They were clear. They're they're pushing him. I think he's facing facing Thatcher on Tuesday or some or sometime soon. So he was obviously gonna win this match. They like Rich Holland. They're pushing him before his leg collapsed underneath. Uh, but yes, it was it was a good match. All right, it was well, a short given, match. Rich Holland looked good. Given that we got absolutely no super chats about this, we are going to move <laughs> on from this match. But I think I just want to say that you are definitely right in terms of Ridge Holland. Uh, he looks physically impressive as he's ever possibly had. I, I look perfectly fine, I guess, for a squash match. All right, enough there. Let's move on to this next match because the opening match of the night was for the Million Dollar Championship, Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight. And this is a match that last time that we did this TakeOver show, I completely shit on. Do you remember that, Jeremy? Yeah, you hated it. It was a ladder match. You you were like, you're never going to remember this match, Jeremy. You're not going to remember this match ever. Exactly. Okay, so with that being said, keep in mind how much I hated their last match. And I was kind I got a little bit of heat, Jeremy, because I was on here saying when this match was announced on the card, I posted on Twitter that they should have swapped this match out and they should have put something with uh with Isaiah Sorfskar, Santos Escobar, Legal de Fantasma, and Hit Row, uh, because there's that was a story that was also on the show. However, a lot of people were very upset about that because they were interested in this story. So with that being said, I need to say kudos to them for really getting the people interested in seeing this rematch of a rematch of a rematch that we have already seen between LA Knight and Cameron Grimes. Obviously we had these different stakes on the line with, you know, if Cameron Grimes were to lose, we were going to have Ted DiBiase become LA Knight's butler and all of that is fine. But at the end of the day, this was a pretty exciting match, Jeremy. I think that this was one of those matches that because of the story, because of somebody that is as over as Cameron Grimes and credit to the CWC because they were really interested and invested in this match. And it kind of made this match a lot better, I think. Uh, Jeremy, do you share those same emotions? One, you're just a hater of uh, the ladder matches. I personally, I love ladder matches. I think they are the best match in, in history. And we should, we, I'm, I'm very sad we did not have a ladder match on this show that is the true death of nxt no ladder matches on this show um cameron grimes is the biggest baby face on this roster i love swerve scott i love santos escobar i think did that would have been that? do you not know how to drink did drink you see whatever that? Did that come out on tv like i mean did that come out you could just see that the whole thing splashed on my face all right continue on jeremy <laughs> I love Swerve Scott. I love Santos Escobar. I've really enjoyed their feud. Uh, they they do deserve a takeover match. I think they'll just be on regular TV. But look, there's no denying that Grimes has something, especially with this crowd. He is the biggest baby face on the roster. This story has been hot. And even though I didn't really care for the latter match either, I understood why this match was on the takeover because they have told a good story and the, the crowd loves DiBiase. They, they worked a hell of a match too. It was a great opener. Uh, crowd was crowd was into it. I love Grimes using the million dollar dream. DiBiase getting involved using the million dollar dream, and Grimes putting him away. Got the got a huge pop for his victory too. And again, crowd loves Cameron Grimes. He's the top baby. I, I guess now that Joe's back, maybe not. But before Joe, like he was the top baby face on this roster. 
he's a different kind of baby face. Like he's more obviously of like the comedic type of baby face where you have Samoa Joe, who's more of this badass type of baby face. So totally yeah. different baby faces, but it definitely is a point to be made about that. But here's the thing, speaking of baby faces and all of that, I think that's some, one of the things that I want to compliment about this match though, is that everybody in this match played their role. You had Cameron Grimes being the, the ultimate baby face. You had LA Knight being, you know, this very unlikable heel. And then you had Ted B that you know towards the latter end of this match he was able to eventually get his revenge on LA Knight by uh by hitting him and then getting him in the million dollar dream so I'm kind of glad that they also made sure to incorporate that into this match because it was uh detrimental to the story that Ted DiBiase get his revenge also on LA Knight for being sort of you know uh an unlikable douche to yes. say the least what do you what do you think of DiBiase like being a baby face essentially because he's always been a heel, right? Like Ted DiBiase, he's just, he's the ultimate heel. Uh, now he's a baby face. What do you think of this kind of role reversal for him with Grimes? See, that's the thing, and I have talked about this before, is that I do think that they kind of brought in Ted DiBiase into the storyline. And the way that they brought him in, though, I didn't really care for it as much because I kind of felt like they were like, they were, they kept towing the line between is this guy, you know, on Cameron Grimes' side or is he not on Cameron Grimes' side? And I kind of felt like it wasn't that clear. And you can tell that they were, they were still unsure of the direction that they were heading at with this story. And it was kind of obvious when you're watching watching NXT TV and you got that because the first thing that you see you kind of I got the sense from Ted DiBiase that he was more invested in Ali Knight at one point than Cameron Grimes and then we sort of got this shift where I'm thinking all right this wasn't how this story started and now it's how it's ending so I'm like all right this is fine but I you know I think for the given the the actual story and having the incorporation of the million dollar championship, Ted DiBiase was needed for this. And this was one of those uh, creative decisions that I think was very, very unique to Ted DiBiase and very unique to the story where you needed uh, all parties in this in all parties involved to essentially be included in the storyline. Like you couldn't do the storyline without one of these people involved. And people are mentioning that DiBiase was a babyface at various runs. He was, but like he's most known for for being a heel and buying off competition and everything. Jesus, as I kicked the table. Um, <laughs> but I thought I thought for this, it certainly worked in the babyface uh, babyface role and him supporting Cameron Grimes. And like, I mean, he talked him out of being being the butler and everything. He kind of gave Grimes like that confidence back. Even and Grimes didn't even really lack the confidence because when he was the butler, he just made the most of it. I love the entrance or the yeah the entrance when. Um, when he ripped off the Butler gear and he paid tribute to, to DiBiase as well. I thought the whole presentation of this match from, from start to finish was really good. And crowd loves Cameron Grimes and like, they've made that million dollar title, like actually mean something like when it got brought back, people are excited because it looks cool and everything, but like, you'll get the history of that thing. But Ain't what do you think next now, Jeremy? What do you think should be seen next now with the million dollar championship? Because again, like I said, it felt very unique to these three individuals. So yeah. where do we go from here? that that's going to be the thing is like can you like cash this in into like a north american title shot i think like a grimes and and swerve scott feud would be very good i don't think you do like grimes or joe but it it will be interesting to see where they go with it or if they go anywhere with it because a lot of times they'll just be like hey it's just it's just wrapped up grimes might just give the title back to dibiase and be like thank you you know you you helped me out a lot now i got to do this on my own type of thing 
Exactly, exactly. We do got a super chat from a Micah newbie who says, or Micah newbie, excuse me, who says, interesting, Jeremy, when you mentioned a match that didn't feel like a babyface win, I thought you were talking about Grimes versus LA Knight. Interesting, but I would definitely say it felt like a babyface win, though. Yeah, I guess I guess what he means is like maybe because DiBiase put him in the million dollar dream, rolled him back in, and then Grimes. It was kind of like a an underhanded victory and not like a babyface win. But as far as like the pop goes, that I was definitely feel a that way though. Win. I th- I don't think I felt the exact same way though because to me it was more I, I saw it more as DiBiase sort of getting. Me too. Get like kind of attacking the bully, you know, like standing yeah. up, standing up because you know he's, you know, he saw what he did to Cameron Grimes, making him go and do all of those jobs, and he was the one telling Cameron Grimes like, "You're better than this. You don't have to do this." So this was him essentially getting that revenge on the bully that's hurting somebody that you've grown to become fond of. So I, I like that portion of it. But thank you so much to Micah for sending in a super chat in regards to that here. And uh, we got a comment from Valab uh, who says, "You know who has a million dollars? Top dollar." There you go. Top dollar could just be like, I like that title right there. You know, I want that. We know that hit row. They want the gold. That's some gold to go after. I would love a Grimes against a hit row feud. Swerve Scott and Grimes matches. Sign me up. Really fun because Cameron Grimes, when he's in the ring, he moves at a certain speed that is very enjoyable to watch. And that's one of the things that always sticks out for me in Cameron Grimes' matches. But let's get on to the next match of the night because this match, I think in terms of the story and in terms of what people were actually interested in, I would say that a pretty nice majority of the people that watch NXT were interested in this. And this was the women's match for the NXT women's title, Cal Gonzalez defending her championship against none other than Dakota Kai. Before we get into this match itself, Jeremy, did you want to see Raquel Gonzalez retain her championship or did you want to see a new champion in Dakota Kai? I was hoping Dakota was going to win. I, I really like Dakota. She's awesome and she deserves a run. It's not even about like de- deserving the run. It's she's earned the run, right? Like she's done so much work in NXT. She's totally her heel character. Ever since she's gone heel, it's been great. I mean, I don't think the world of Raquel Gonzalez. I, I think Dakota really carried that tag team from both uh, the in-ring when they would team together and the story perspective. So I thought Dakota, I wanted to see her win. I understood why they're going with Raquel. I don't like the way they book Raquel in these matches, though. Like, they have her fight from underneath so much, and she's she she's she's the monster, right? Like, it's a... It's a weird story when she's the baby face. I don't think she I don't think she works as a baby face. I just don't. I think that's why she got over with Rhea Ripley when she was feuding with Rhea Ripley because she came across, like you said, as this monster. And it was something that we don't get to see very often. They don't really book their women that often the way that they booked Raquel. And that whole storyline, that whole feud that she had with Rhea Ripley was truly phenomenal. And I do not think that any of her other of her other feuds Raquel's feuds genuinely had that because you know after she won after she won the title from Io Shirai which was a really fun matchup and all of that she went into this match with Mercedes Martinez that I don't think very many people were all that interested in because I don't think very many people bought that Mercedes Martinez was actually gonna win and then she went into this feud with Zia Lee and even though there were like you know a lot of people that like Zia Lee I don't necessarily think a lot of people really bought that either and then you finally have this story that people have been uh, you know we've been seeing the season 
seeds being planted for this story with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. We all knew that it was coming. So then it finally comes. And I know that, you know, there's still a lot of, I think there's still a lot of leg left into the story because these are two women that were friends. They were friends on camera and, you know, even behind the scenes. So I feel like the one match thing isn't enough for a story like this. I do think that this needs to be a longer story. And so I wanted to see Dakota Kai win here too. And I kind of feel like based on what I've been seeing on social media, on my shows, et cetera, I feel like a majority of the people wanted to see Dakota Kai win here too. So let's talk about this match because personally, one of my favorite things that we saw from this match immediately at the, at the top of it was we saw, we saw Dakota Kai really get the best of Raquel here. We saw Raquel get very frustrated at certain different points. And I love this because I want to go back to a previous episode of NXT where Dakota Kai, she kept mentioning on promo, she kept saying that Raquel really only got to become champion because of Dakota Kai, because Dakota Kai, you know, she she took a lot of the credit from Raquel and the work that Raquel did. But also there was a line in there somewhere in one of her promos where she mentioned like, hey, I taught Raquel everything that everything that she knows. But I did not teach Raquel everything that I know. And so I saw that play into the story for this match. And that's what I really liked about it. I thought in terms of like breakout performances, and that's not to say that Dakota Kai hasn't had breakout performances before, but this really was one of the ones where I thought she legitimately looked like an, like a big star. Like I would want to see her as the champion. What did you think of this match? I, I thought it was a good match. I don't like... In this aspect, it worked of Raquel kind of fighting underneath where, because Dakota, did, she knows her best, right? So she she knew the ins and outs. She knew the shortcuts that she could take against Raquel and, and the weaknesses that she could expose here. So in that aspect, it kind of worked from Raquel fighting underneath. But she's so big and Dakota's small that like her fighting underneath just doesn't make a lot of sense. And like you mentioned, like this should have multiple stories. Like this was definitive to me. Like this was very definitive. I don't know. I think you could have told this if, Dakota won and it's like see I taught you everything you know not everything I know and now Raquel's got to kind of rebuild and, and learn and be like okay how do I what what's my game plan now how do I counter for the rematch and stuff this was like wh- how does Dakota justify a rematch out of this outside of, of course they'll just give her a rematch because why wouldn't they but and, and Kaylee Ray stepped to Raquel after this so it's clearly like they're they're going to to that direction there I thought it was a good match I didn't, the dynamic with Raquel being a baby face is just, it, do, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work because everybody else is just smaller than her. It, it works against people like Rhea and Mercedes, sure. But like she was at her best kind of against EO because she could just toss around EO and EO would bump her ass off for her. And like that's where Raquel is at her best when she's just kind of this monster heel against, against these ladies. But it doesn't work with, with Dakota when she she's just getting chopped down and and she's fighting underneath against dakota so it doesn't doesn't work for me and we got multiple super chats about this match so we'll start off with dan v 900 who says this is the one result result i disagree with where i wanted dakota to win but figured she would lose with appearing on main event and the probable call-up so how probable are we talking about here? Like you mentioned, this felt very definitive, which I can't argue with whatsoever because it did. So do you think that Dakota Kai is going to go to the main roster, especially now after the events that unfolded? Yeah. I mean, she's been working the the dark matches and I think she worked a couple main event matches. Uh, and then Kaylee Ray stepped to Raquel. So it seems like 
Dakota's gone. I don't, and I don't know what else she's going to do in NXT if she's already, or if, if she's not going to be the champion. It feels like she's she's fought most of the women there. So I, she should probably go up to the main roster. Look, Raw needs somebody. I don't know who they're using on Raw right now because they, they they got nothing for Asuka. We've seen Charlotte, Nikki, and, and Rhea a million times at this point. They need somebody on Raw. So I could I could easily see Dakota going up to Raw. She's a heel, though, and your champion's a heel. So we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I think Dakota's going up to the main roster. How she fares, that's anybody's guess. And I really think that she sh- – well – let me rephrase this. I know that going to the main roster has its negatives. It has its cons. We all know that. But in terms of going to the main roster, obviously there's still that like, you know, congratulatory factor, I guess you can say, because at the end of the day, you're moving up, you're moving up to the, you can say the next level of your career, hopefully. And in terms of like, I remember when they moved, when they called Deb Tegan Knox and Shotzi, I remember thinking to myself, like, Man, if I were the ones making decisions, I would have actually gone with Dakota Kai. And I was surprised that they didn't have Dakota Kai go up right away during that, around that same period that we saw Shotzi and Tegan and Tony Storm and those names. So I do think that it would be, I guess you can say, quote unquote, the right call if they actually do something with her. If they don't do anything with her, then I take back my right call. <laughs> but here, uh, we got a couple super chats from Dan V900. He says, first and foremost, he says the chiropractors is still a t- terrible finisher and then also adds that Dakota should have been the face honestly I thought that to the people to us to the fans to the audience she felt like the baby face to us maybe because we're just rooting rooting for her and like you said it didn't feel natural to have Raquel essentially be that heel yeah I the the turn made sense because of how they they set it up um because it was always Dakota bragging that she was carrying Raquel I guess you could have done the turn as Raquel basically like I don't need you and you kind of do the, the Diesel Sean. They're always compared to Diesel Shawn Michaels. And, you know, Raquel takes her out. And like, I'm the champion. I never needed you. Like, you're running my coat. What have you won without me? They could have done the turn that way. Uh, they went the way they went. And, I don't know, in hindsight, was it the bad call? Maybe. We'll see what happens with Dakota. But she was. De- I was definitely cheering for Dakota in this match. And we did spend a lot of time, obviously, talking about Raquel and Dakota. We, you mentioned a little bit about Kaylee Ray uh, coming in and essentially we looks like we're moving on to Raquel versus Kaylee Ray. So uh, are you interested in that? How do you feel about that? Hey, I like Kaylee Ray and, you know, they're still going with babyface Raquel. I just, I don't know about Raquel as a babyface. That's my complaint is I, I'm, I'm not buying her as a babyface. I think she's just better off as a heel. And I think Kaylee Ray, she's a great heel and she'll do her best with her. Just Raquel fighting underneath. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. Fantastic. Well, you know what works for me and it works for everybody because everybody loved this match. So this is it. Let's get it. I know we talked about it a little bit at the top of the show. I thought you were going into a blue chew read right there. You You know, it works for me. Blue chew. Oh, it works for me. <laughs> well, this ain't a blue chew read at the moment, but uh, <laughs> now you threw me it off. It got me chair. going. I'll tell you that, though. <laughs> Jesus. These two well, men, they, they were hard on each other. I will say that. Men going hard on each other. I'm into that. <laughs> <laughs> they were beat red. They were beat red in this match, Denise. <laughs> oh, Okay, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Here we go. Uh, match of the year. We kind of talked about this. This is definitely a candidate for match of the year. I mean, this was 
absolutely insane, Jeremy. I mean, we talked about these high expectations heading into this match and really hoping that it lived up to those high expectations. And I think it did. But let's talk about some of the highlights of this match. And I'm just going to kind of run through a couple of the things that we saw this. I mean, we saw we saw chain wrestling at the top of this. We saw endless amounts of chops. We saw obviously the anticipation where a lot of the first portion of this match, Dragunov was really doing everything he possibly could to avoid getting chopped by Walter. But then eventually, obviously, you can't keep the man from chopping. You, you it, it, There was a moment, too, where Ilya Dragunov at the top of this match was chopping Walter, and Walter legitimately looked like he was so pissed off that Dragunov had the nerve to chop him and then I mean after this we essentially had a madness erupt like I cannot uh, recap every little thing that was done because it was insane we saw chops we saw clotheslines from from uh, Walter to Dragunov to the point where I did not know which was worse to receive from Walter was it the chops was it the clotheslines I don't know because I felt he sent Dragunov into an entirely different different direction um we literally see them exchange backs and forths a uh, non-stop here Dragonov also tries to you know he hits multiple clotheslines on Walter he tries to bring him down but there is absolutely no luck we see Walter get him with a big boot there's a moment where Dragonov is literally chopping Walter's ear I mean this is absolutely brutal and um in the end, there's okay. So there's also a portion too where uh, Walter, uh, so Dragunov has Walter in a chokehold, and Walter is so desperate to get out of this chokehold that he literally goes to the top rope, and somehow he ends up like throwing back Dragunov, and this was so awesome because it really looked like a desperate attempt from a man who was so desperate to get out of this chokehold here, and then we see Dragunov kicking Walter's head like it's a ball. He's literally kicking his head like he, it's a ball and then finally uh in the end we see um we see uh Dragunov get him in a rear naked chokehold but the way that he did it it literally he literally lifts him up and it looks like he's trying to take the man's head off and instantaneously we see Walter tap out and I just gotta say that if you're gonna have Walter lose this was the way to do it because it was legit I won't I would not be surprised if Walter told Dragunov to literally get him in a shoot rear naked a rear naked chokehold just to make sure that he tapped the hell out so Jeremy what did you think let's get into the details of all of it I mean you ran you ran everything down right there but these two men they just beat the hell out of it like my God, Walt or Dragunov's his chest. You know, he he was cut open uh, from from the Roddy Strong match on Tuesday. That was an easy target for Walter to just rip right out. What a great visual! Just, just so 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 much good stuff. I love the finishing sequence where where Dragunov chops him in the back of the head and then forearms him in the back of the head and then yeah, like lifts him up with what looked to be like a very very good. Uh, chokehold there and Walter just immediately tapping out like they threw everything at each other and and they had to because their first match what was so brutal and it showed how much that um it took to put Dragunov away in that match and Walter had to come back with that same intensity and Dragunov had to you know he had to go to another level he had to go to another I didn't like that Ilya lost to Pete Dunne a couple weeks ago uh, on NXT I thought that was very very stupid and um, pointless Yes, very pointless. 
you can make it work in that like he suffered suffered a little bit of setback, bounced back against Roddy Strong, and he knew like he just had to take it to another level in this match against Walter. Not only from the first match and the loss, not and but throw on the done loss on top of that, and then he came back with that like just just an excellent, excellent, excellent match. I it might be recency bias as far as match of the year. I have to yeah, I'm not good at like ranking stuff, but I just love when two men just go out there. And they do treat it like a fight. And they are just completely laying it into each other. That's what I love about like Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker as well. Like, give me some of that brutality in, in wrestling. Like, I don't I don't need this like super choreographed over the top kind of stuff. Like, give me just straight on violence. And that's what these two men did. It, it was fantastic. I loved it. I loved every second of this match. I know, like, I know a lot of people here on this stream definitely watch this show, but for those few people that did not watch this show, I kid you not. Go out of your way and watch this match. I promise you, you would not regret it. And it's just sad because, Jeremy, this really is the NXT that this is the NXT people want. This is the NXT we love. This is the NXT where I'm like, this is cool. Like, remember, I, I don't know where, like, here, here's the thing is that we've had this conversation. Uh, I've had this conversation where it's like NXT kind of you, it lost that cool factor where like it didn't, it wasn't the cool thing anymore to like, especially after the Wednesday night wars, etc. And before NXT had that, tonight was the first night in a very long time where I felt like this, it's cool to once again be a fan of the NXT brand. Do you kind of get that? Do you feel that same way? Yeah, I, I think what hurt NXT was they were always looked at as, you know, Raw and SmackDown were the flashiness, right? Like the over the top, like the WWE produced stuff. NXT was a little bit more grimy and it felt like a super indie. I mean, they were just bringing in like all the top guys from the indies. And it's like, oh, cool. Now I get to see Kevin Steen. Now I get to see El Generico. Now I get to see Samoa Joe, uh, Drew McIntyre, his run, like, you, you, all the top guys were just coming through NXT. And, and when Cole comes in, like Gargano, Ciampa, all these guys. And then AEW comes along and it's like, well, we're kind of like the super indie now too because we've got the elite guys and all the other indie guys you love, but we're doing it on like a grander scale than NXT is even doing. So we're like that nice little blend of, hey, NXT main roster WWE stuff. And then, of course, the Wednesday Night, Wednesday night War is like they, they trounced them. And so AEW just became the cool brand. NXT kind of lost its way. I do think it, it picked up a little bit more momentum when it got back to Tuesday nights, but it was still very, it was very hurt from everything. And then, you know, with the revamps and whatnot coming along, this, get, it felt like that throwback of, of TakeOver where it's just like, you're just going to get banger after banger after banger of matches. I and mean, we've done, we've done these post shows now for, for uh, a couple shows now, Denise. And like the last one is like, yeah, it was a good show, but like, some of the matches just weren't really feeling the the main event was kind of weird. Like the energy of the show felt kind of off and everything, but like this one, it felt like the old school NXT and it might be the last time it feels like that, that old school NXT, but this <laughs> match certainly where it was just like, Hey, just go out there. You, you get a tight, like this is like, like 22 minutes or something. You get a tight, like 22 minutes, nonstop action crowd into everything. This is what, people who who came up loving NXT. This is why they fell in love with the brand. Exactly. 100%. I think you nailed it with that, especially the closing line is this is what they fell in love with. This is why NXT literally built, that's what they built their foundation on now. Yeah. Like, they set the caliber. They set the tone for, you know, expecting these these incredible performances. But we got several super chats on this. So I need to get into them. Uh, this one is from Nikolai Kreese, who says, overall, good show. Elia versus Walter was the match of the weekend, by the way. Uh, here of any good sciences? 
seances? Seances. Seance. Do you not know words, Denise Alcedo? No, I don't know how to read. I'm terrible. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't go to school. I don't know how to read. I'm dumb. All right, moving on. Uh, Joey. <laughs> You know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to blame it on my public school education. I, sure. You got Joey, stuffed in too many lockers as a kid. That's there were happened. no lockers in my school. <laughs> we covered this already. We were too poor of a school. Um, we got a super chat from, uh, what? Everybody's still asking, what is seance? I keep forgetting. See, seances? Seances. Seances. Um, uh, James Edward Smith says, does Sean know about seances? Uh, asking for the bucks. And uh, Luis Perlita was about to give me a reference here. And I, uh, for reference, I'm guessing. Do you want to add to this, Jeremy? I'm a little lost here. What, what's the question? He says, does Sean know about seances? Asking oh. for the bucks. Okay. Do you not get it? No, I don't get it. First off, do you Sorry, know I'm what a seance is? Yeah, the ones where you conjured like the dead people, right? Okay. The the yeah. young bucks in their Twitter bio posted oh, wait, a video to seances. Do you know why they posted a video to seances? Oh my gosh, does it have to do with Bray Wyatt? It, no, it doesn't. No, what does it have to do with? Tell me. Adam Cole, who is dead. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm slow, slow to the party. <laughs> All right. Sue me, guys. Sue me. I love that. Okay, so here's what people aren't seeing. Luis is literally typing in something so fast to give me some background on this. Literally, I did not see the bio. I'm sorry. I missed out on this over my head. My bad. Uh, Joey Castro says, uh, Walter versus Ilya was unbelievable. Denise putting that putting in that work pushed Denise. Don't push me. I can't read. I don't can't pronounce seances. I didn't get the joke. I mean, uh, it, it's just falling apart here, guys. I, I'm running on very little sleep here. Uh, Brandon Charles Powelson's in a super chat and says Dragunov versus Walter best match of the weekend easily. I would even, yeah, it has to be more than the weekend though. Yeah. Uh, Daniel R sends in a super chat and says, Jeremy, thanks for all the weekend coverage. Also Dragunov is freaking awesome. That match with Omega Okada. Good. In my opinion. Also, uh, Ilya, someone says Ilya, that Ilya should retire, uh, Brock Lesnar. Wow. Wow. I don't know about that. It's a little too extreme for me. What do you think? Uh, I don't know about like Ilya's never facing Brock Lesnar. That'd be that'd be great though. Like Brock would just toss him around. I mean, Ilya will bump for him, and Brock could easily lay his stuff in against Ilya too, and he'll take it. But it'd be a good match. I don't think they're ever they're ever meeting though. Are you a Brock Lesnar guy, Jeremy? Oh, I love Brock. Yeah, I don't I, I don't love him as much as apparently you and, and Bob O'Neill, but I, I do love. Do you know who Robert O'Neill is, Denise Salcedo? I feel like I'm being quizzed and now I'm getting really nervous. I don't like to be quizzed, Jeremy. What are you doing Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, Denise? I'm probably working. Do you think you got like a couple minutes to, to appear on my stupid show and meet Robert O'Neill? We'll circle back. I have to check okay. my calendar. <laughs> See, I'm going to ask you publicly. So if you if you don't do it, we'll then back. I can call you a coward. <laughs> Jeremy, I'm the busiest person in like You're forever. very busy. Yes. But if John busy. Alba, if John Alba can give me two minutes, oh, I think John you can give Alba's me two minutes. John Alba's a jobber. Please, Jeremy, do not insult <laughs> me by putting me on John Alba's level. Please, that is insulting. Wow. 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 John Alba's going to be like, what the fridge, Denise? I bought you a soda. <laughs> John Alba did buy me a soda that I never paid him back for. John Alba's a very, very a great man. He has a fake, he has fake hair, but he's a great man. 
All right, we got some more comments here. We got one from Daniel R. who says, remember Walter at Survivor Series 2019, OWWE. A comment from Dan V900 who says that Walter Elia match was great and was a worthy sequel to the first match. It's my match of the year at this point. Denise, don't fall apart on the Super Chats. Uh, Corbin 101 says, do you think Pete Dunne renews? And also, what do you think happens with Walter? I think that, and I know we're going to get to this. I was going to mention this later on on the show, but even though Walter loss here tonight. I still think that he should be up for uh, to challenge Samoa Joe, but this is how I think that they should go about it. Not immediately right now because he's obviously coming off of this loss. I, they have time. They have time to make NXT. They have time to add a tournament to NXT. They can do a tournament. Have Walter win. Bam, have him in this match with Samoa Joe. Uh, that could be one of his first challengers. My other option, which I was going to mention later on, was Kyle O'Reilly. But uh, since we're here now, Jeremy, what do you think is next for Walter? Uh, I think he stays in NXT. I've seen a couple of people mention, oh, does he go to the main roster? I think he said many times that like he doesn't want to like keep his home base in America. He wants to be able to kind of keep traveling back and forth. And if he's in the main roster, he ain't going back to NXT UK anytime soon or anything like that. I like your idea of a tournament because I don't know who's next for Samoa Joe after this. So you just do a tournament. You get a new contender. It makes sense. You heat somebody up real quickly. Uh, Walter's coming off the loss, but look, this this loss ain't hurting him for, for any reason. It was a great match. He held that title for nearly a thousand days. So like over 800 days. So he ain't hurt by this loss by any stretch of the imagination. Give him three quick wins in a tournament. Walter Samoa Joe, everyone's happy. I like this idea. I'm for it. Oh, everyone will be happy about that. A uh, final comment about uh, Anshu who says, uh, Super Chat, excuse me, says, will Walter move to NXT uh, USA main roster? We just kind of talked about that. So thank you so much to Anshu for sending in that Super Chat as well. Alrighty, so after this, uh, first of all, Jeremy, if you're, let's say you're a wrestler, you're a wrestler and your match is up after this. How are you feeling? I mean, if I'm Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, no, I'm, I'm... No, if you're Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy Lambert, the wrestler. Not oh. Adam Cole, not Kyle O'Reilly. All right, fine. I'm feeling fucking great because I'm the best. I'm I'm going to go out there and I'm going to top Walter and Jeremy. Ilya. I'm the, I'm the fucking point guy, Denise Salcedo. You think I'm worried what they're doing? I'm going to go out. You did five stars. I'm about to do six stars. I'm about to do seven stars. I'm about to do eight stars. I don't care what they did. You could, you could, I could be facing you and I'd go out there and be like, I'm going to carry her to the greatest match of all time. I don't care what was on before me. All right, Jeremy. That's how I'm feeling. I was trying to make a point here. <laughs> You're the wrong my person. Point. You my ruined my point. I'm all, nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up, Denise Salcedo. Okay. First of all, I like how you say my last name, by the way. You say it like, <laughs> say it again. Say it again. Denise Salcedo. It sounds different when you say it. Sounds like you're saying Denise Salsa Sado. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it right now and I was like, how does Jeremy say my last name? But no, seriously though, by, I was trying to get at the fact that if I'm the next guy up following Walter and Dragunov, I'm sorry. I'm going home. I'm scared to follow those I'm guys. I'm out here with my shirt on. I got the point God shirt on. I'm ready to deliver. Getting the shots up, making everybody around me better. I ain't worried what they're doing. Jeremy Lambert, you got that Nick Khan confidence energy. That's what I'm getting from you now. Except I, well, never mind. I got that Tony Khan energy. We had a tremendous show for everybody, all right? We're going to deliver the best match ever. We're going to deliver on everything that we promise. 
I love that. All right, here we go. Let's get into this. Where are we at? What are we talking about next? Yes, thank you. Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole, baby. So this is the one where, you know, we got the three falls. The first ma- the first fall was a singles uh, singles match pinfall or submission. Kyle O'Reilly wins this, wins this first fall uh, very fast, very sudden. We get into the second fall, which ends up being a street fight. Well, we already knew that, but they literally do everything in their power. What I wanted to emphasize before Jeremy Lambert ruined the point that I was trying to make is that Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole were put in a really, uh, they were put in a tough spot. Looking at that card, they were put in a tough tough spot having to follow that match, but they went out there and they gave it everything that they had. They, they did everything in this match to make sure that the crowd was invested and that they were telling a good story here. During this, we see the use of trash cans. We see the use of chairs. We see the use of kendo sticks. We see um, they both go for the big boot on each other which looked really cool as well uh we see them both uh you know going at it rights and lefts with the chain around uh uh adam cole's hands then afterwards we see um adam cole for the final portion of the uh second fall here he literally he literally throws he literally throws kyle o'reilly spine first into the two chairs and he just like lands right on like the edge of those two chairs and that was such a brutal 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 moment and that is how he ended up getting the win there so you have one kyle o'reilly this show is sponsored by better help if you had an extra hour in your day what is the first thing that you would do read a book take a nap play some video games do something for a friend volunteer A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. You have the second fall, uh, Adam Cole. And now we're getting into this third fall with the steel cage here. And then so we're literally coming off this nasty bump that Kyle O'Reilly just took on the steel chairs. And now, essentially, right after that, we see Adam Cole uh, powerbomb him onto the commentary table, essentially affecting that exact same spot. And I'm thinking to myself, Kyle O'Reilly is done. But either way, like the way that they kind of worked their way into the steel cage match, I thought was pretty cool. Uh, We see, you know, Panama Sunrise from Adam Cole. 
Cole. Eventually, we see Adam Cole handcuff Kyle O'Reilly to the ropes, and then he starts telling him how he's nothing to him, just a cherry on top of everything that they're doing, adding this commentary to that. And then we get the finish here. So for the finish, we had uh, Kyle O'Reilly had a, had a heel hook knee bar uh, with one arm locked in on Adam Cole. And he essentially has it with the you know one arm, but he uses the handcuffs for this leverage. And that is essentially how he's able to get the win here. And Jeremy, the crowd did not like this whatsoever. There were a couple of like uh, BS chants I heard. And a lot of people felt really upset with that finish. So first and foremost, what did you think of the match? And then what did you think of the finish? I I enjoyed the match for, for what it was. Like the, the first fall being that quick. It was like three and a half minutes that O'Reilly, he just countered the Panama Sunrise, sat down, got, got the pinfall on him. Very shocked by that. I was legitimately expecting this match to go like 45 minutes at the very least. So the fact that it was like half of that uh, was the biggest surprise to me. Um, but oh, like if you put this match in a vacuum, I, I thought it was good. If you take into account everything that went into it, the the underlying factor of Cole's contract and, and him potentially leaving, whether he's leaving to go elsewhere, whether he's leaving to go to the main roster, I get why people were upset. I think they just wanted a little bit more out of this match, especially being like it's the undisputed finale. How long was their street fight at? Um, it was that, long. Yeah, stand and deliver. Like that match was like forty minutes. That's why I thought this match is going to be very long. And so, I remember like, us being on the same page on that and not yeah, being we didn't like it. a fan of that. Yeah, I wasn't a fan yeah. of it. And maybe that's why they just decided to make this one shorter. And that's why I expected this to go long. And I like that it was actually shorter. Um, but I thought it was a good match. The finish, I get why fans were upset. Because one, they haven't done much with, with Kyle after he won that the unsanctioned match. Uh, they tried to turn him into cool Kyle. He didn't really take to the baby face that I think they wanted him to or that they hoped he would. Uh, and, you know, he, he tapped out to Karrion Cross in that, that five-way match and everything. That didn't do him any favors. The crowd loves Adam Cole, right? Like, they they love Adam Cole. And then you take into account that this could be his last NXT appearance. I think they just wanted something, like, more epic with these two, being that it could be Adam, that it most likely is, Adam Cole's last NXT appearance. And it wasn't that epic that, that everyone was kind of hoping for. So with that, I understand why they were upset. And I was a little upset at it too with that involved just as watching it as like a wrestling match you kind of just watch it with those blinders on and not have you know the blinders on no competition around you uh, and you don't have those uh those factors i enjoyed it uh, on that level got it we got a couple of super chats on this this one's from brandon charles powell who says jeremy lambert with that baby face fire we have a comment baby face in nxt baby a super chat from Trey Sherman who says, do people really think WWE has treated Adam Cole poorly? He's been consistently booked strong and apparently Vince is on board. I don't understand. Uh, do you care to comment on this, Jeremy? I mean, people are going to be like, oh, well, of course they booked him poorly. He stayed in NXT the whole time. Look, Adam Cole, he's been the top guy in NXT for a long time. Apparently Vince really likes him and, and wants him on the main roster, has big plans for him. Whether or not that's true, I don't know, but uh, no, they, they didn't treat Adam Cole bad at all. I think Adam Cole would tell you he hasn't been treated bad in NXT either. 
I don't think it was treated bad in like the sense that you think bad is. I think it's more so of, you know, obviously we never saw him go to the main roster and become, you know, this big, massive star. And I think that a lot of people realize, hey, he hit his, he hit the ceiling already at NXT. He can't go any further than he already has. And so I wouldn't say he was treated bad. It was just more so of, that was the cap that, you know, they put on him. And at this moment, we do not know if he's leaving WWE. And I think we can assume that he is. Or, hey, maybe he really is. You know, maybe it's a swerve and he's going to go to Raw or to SmackDown. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think about that? I, I've said since Sean broke the story of his, of his contract that he when he signed a short-term deal and it was up after SummerSlam, I've said since then, I, I think he's gone. And, and I stick by that. Uh, this is clearly his last NXT appearance. That's pretty much been reported, and he's either he's either up or out, right? And and I think he's out. Yeah, I think he's out too. Uh, there was a point in time where I kind of felt like maybe he wasn't going to leave WWE. I thought to myself, maybe he is it. He, you know, he does seem like a loyal kind of guy. He, you, you never know. I, I don't know what things are being told to him behind the scenes. Maybe they sounded good. We don't know that. And, but I kind of do get the feeling that he is going to leave. But we got a couple more comments, super chats here. And this one is from Cody Willis, who says that the Bucks bio had me rolling. And Britt's quote tweet. We had a super chat from Daniel R, who says, Did Kyle O'Reilly and Cole end abruptly to anyone else? Did it feel abruptly to you, Jeremy? It felt abrupt if you were expecting, like I was, like a 45, 50 minute match and it was only 25. Uh, it felt a little bit abrupt, but I, it, that was clearly the plan. I don't think they, they'd planned to go any longer than that. Um, yeah, I think the crowd wanted the epic and they, they just got a, a solid 25 minute match. And it felt weird that you just packed three falls into 25 minutes when we saw them do one fall in 40 minutes. Six months ago, however long that match. Not even, I don't think. We got another one from Dustin Swift who says uh, that the Bucks and Britt are already teasing Adam Cole for AEW. Another Cole, super chat. Cole used the lockjaw as well. Cole used the lockjaw in this. I don't know what that means. Edge did the glam slam last night. You got to love love. You know, you got to love love, Denise. I know you're a hater of love. but I do. I hate love. It's awful. Yes. Uh, we got a super chat from Ricardo, El Idolo de la Distracción. Man. Yeah. Man, that was good. Yeah, there you go. I can do that better. Watch. Ricardo, El Idolo de la Distracción. I could do that one better. But for I now, need to clip that. <laughs> I need to clip that. And so every time Ricardo sends a super chat on our show, just I'll just play that. My, yeah, just yeah, insert it. I'm but anyways. Ricardo says, uh, Cole doing the lock job popped me hard. We have another super chat from Maj Motar who says, don't get why fans turned on Kyle. Cole's obviously leaving, being a great person. He'll put over his friend over before going for sure. And that's what we knew going into this that, you know, there was a, it was reported that he wanted to put over Kyle O'Reilly and that was what he did and I thought that that was perfectly fine. But obviously the crowd just did not like that whatsoever. Yeah, the crowd, the crowd definitely wasn't a fan of it. And again, Cole's there. Even though Cole is the heel, they love Adam Cole. I don't think they wanted to see Adam Cole lose. I don't think they wanted to see him lose in this fashion. And, and that's why they, they were against it. And it sucks for Kyle O'Reilly because I do think he could have been the top. Like coming out of that Finn Balor feud, even though he lost those matches, he felt like a top guy in that feud. He beat Cole 
We didn't really care for the match, but he still scored a win over Adam Cole. The cool Kyle stuff like really slowed everything down, and then he lost to Cole. He got tapped by Cross. That didn't do him any favors. They they cooled Kyle down. No, no pun intended. Uh, like <laughs> a- after that victory, and, and it's unfortunate because I do think he was he was very hot uh, after after the uh, after the Finn Balor feud. It's just like you said, the cool Kyle O'Reilly thing, that did not work. And then unfortunately, like during the promos between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole just completely outshined him. And, you know, he did his part. He hung in there for the most part. But I would still say that Adam Cole completely outshined him. And you people are going to see that. We got a super chat from Ken Shiro who says, Cole tapping now within arm's reach of a kendo stick was weird. They should have framed that better. We have another super chat from Mike Proventure, too, who says, Edge using the glam slam last night and Cole using the lockjaw tonight. I love wrestlers paying, paying tribute to their significant others. Then we have another super chat from Nikolai Kreese who says, I feel with how quick the match was and O'Reilly pins being quick and match placement that Cole is gone. Just my opinion, he says. And yeah, I think for the most part, we are all on board with, not on I wouldn't say like on board with him leaving, but we're all on board with the idea that he is going to be leaving. And then in regards to the jobber, John Alba, Kate says, invite Alba on you cowards. I'm not wasting my screen time on John Alba. Jeremy, you're not reacting to this. That's I need, I need you to have my back here. I like John Alba, Denise. John, John Alba is very nice to me and does, does does a lot of nice things for me and my show. Like, I I really like John Alba. So you know what, Jeremy? That's it. We can't be friends now. That's it. You were very mean to me, like leading up to like Christmas and stuff last year. I so. sent you a Christmas present. Did John Alba send you a Christmas present? No, but I think he will this year. That's it. No, that is it. I win. End of discussion. Whoever sends the Christmas present is the best friend. So there you go. Sorry. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Actually, before we move on to the uh, main event here, we did have one more super chat that was in regards to uh, Raquel, Dakota, and everything that went on there. This one was from Dan V 900 who says, Dakota, as far as I'm concerned, should have beat it. Oh, no. Split a screen. Split a screen. Oh, no. you, been, you have been snitched out. You have <laughs> where's yours this is great i get it i get why sean does this now unbelievable unbelievable i come I in mean, i'm doing a legitimate show on my own patreon right now i get snitch tagged that denise now say to who i bought a diet coke for in jacksonville and didn't get paid back for it is calling me a jobber call me a jobber you know why i'm wearing this because it's where i'm training for a wrestling match denise because i'm not a jobber i win things i win <laughs> I get it now, Jeremy. I know. I know. I know. Listen, listen. I'm sorry. I know you interviewed Nikki Cross like seven times. I'm so (laughs) sorry about that. Listen, Denise. The next time I see you, which will be in a couple weeks, okay? Jeremy's going to try to V-trigger me. It would be a damn shame if I just happened to move out of the way and you ended up taking it to the face instead. Okay, John. That that implies that I actually am going to hang out with Jeremy and yourself. Uh, Hollywood Salcedo rolls on her own, okay? She rolls on her own with a separate entourage that is vetted by uh, Hollywood professionals to make Mm. sure that they are up to standard Mm -hmm. of being in my entourage. Uh Uh-huh. Well, listen, 
next time you need a legitimate rub on your show, you want some credibility, okay, you know who it is. Talk to you later. Good day. <laughs> who invited John Alba on here? What is going on? You know, I need to talk to uh, Sean Ross Sapp and make sure that he stops bringing these jobbers onto my show. It's the forbidden door, Denise. Like, we just we just get people coming in and out over here. And John Alba, everybody has an Emmy, apparently. <laughs> Look at Chris Van Vliet. How many does Chris have? I lost count already. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Um, all right. So what was I reading here? I was reading this call, this super chat from Dan V 900, who says Dakota, as far as I'm concerned, should have beaten Shayna with that story. She gets over the hump of being afraid of her years ago. She was a bit screwed. Um, yeah. Dakota Kai, people are rooting for her, guys. People are rooting for her. All right. Uh, let's go ahead. And we still got a couple more super chats that are non uh, wrestling related. We'll save those towards the end. And we're going to go ahead and jump into Cross and Samoa Joe now because uh, that's pretty much how the show wraps up with that as the main event. So, Jeremy, um, was there any part of you that actually thought that there was a chance that Samoa Joe might not be walking out as NXT champion? Uh, I thought a little bit that that maybe that Cross Vince Vince Solomon is like ah maybe I don't really want him on the main roster. He just came up here. I'm just gonna beat him. And then to send a message to NXT, take him back down. And then Triple H still had like plans for him for a little bit or something. So there was a small chance. And like Samoa Joe, uh, my, my my partner, Joseph Holbert, has said this many times. Like it feels like you're going back to a different era with NXT by putting the title on Samoa Joe. And clearly they're trying to move forward with NXT and revamp and do different things. So I thought that maybe Joe would lose. Obviously, in my my big picture brain said you got to you got to put the belt on Joe Cross. They kind of they didn't do him any favors on the main roster. This run as champion ain't really working. Samoa Joe, at least you know this audience loves him, and you can just kind of it it's not a full reboot because we saw this six years ago with Samoa Joe, but at least it's it's a reboot in in twenty twenty one. It's a what what's the what's the word I'm I would looking say people for? People still wanted it. Yeah, yeah, they definitely want not something we haven't seen before. It's still people. I don't think there's really at least I haven't seen this, but I haven't seen very many people upset that Samoa Joe is now NXT champion. Right. They definitely want it. It, It's reboot. It's like, you know, people love said by the bell in the 90s and then they try to bring it back with the new class and nobody like that. Then they brought it back this year and they had the original cast that people still love and you still have like the new cast. Is that what's called a reboot? Am I I I just mixing up a reboot? Right. Okay. Then, so then that's the original it is. cast it's members, it's still a reboot, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So so it is a reboot instead of a, a refresh or, or <laughs> a move forward or, or whatever you, you want to call it. Or or a, what what's a, a sequel to it? A sequel with different casts. I don't know. It's a reboot. Samoa Joe's the champion. Everybody rejoice. Sammy Joe, let's go. So let's talk about the actual match itself because, you know, obviously everything that was, they didn't necessarily, for a story that I think that people were at least interested in at a certain point with Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross, everything that happened with Karrion Cross and Monday Night Raw took a lot of the steam out of this story here. And so it kind of, I think, sucked the air, whatever air Karrion Cross had, they sucked a lot of that out. And then you have the, uh, I was going to say the, the, sub- the subtraction here of, 
no not having Scarlett coming out with him, it really takes so much away from Carrie Cross. So you're literally taking things away from the guy where it's like, how much can Samoa Joe possibly add to the storyline to make up for everything else that they're essentially taking away from carrying cross and so like that for me and i think a lot of people it did affect their interest in this match i think i would have been a lot more hyped had you know nothing that happened on raw with carrying cross happened had he came out with scarlet all of those things added to this and added to the interest the match itself i thought it was probably one of cross's best matches that we've seen it was definitely up there i don't know if it was the best because i did like his his stuff with Finn Balor was fantastic, but I didn't think this was a bad match whatsoever. I think that Samoa Joe, obviously, he he wasn't, you know, the you know the very best version of Samoa Joe. But I do think as time goes by, he will get you know his wrestling legs back underneath him once again. But for the most part, I thought this match was perfectly fine. But it was probably my maybe third fourth favorite match of the night which you know given that there are so many matches on here uh it's kind of ranked a little bit it's not ranked as high given that it's a main event cross kind of is what he is in the ring Uh, i think joe is a good opponent for him because joe kind of works at a slower pace does a little bit more hard-hitting stuff and that's what that's what cross is kind of where he's at his best when he wrestles guys like o'reilly and cole who who are a little bit quicker uh and a little bit crisper doesn't it doesn't look as good um but but joe will just kind of stand there and trade blows with you and that's sort of sort of what this was joe looked like a guy who hasn't wrestled in, in about a year and a half uh that's that's on a diss it's just it's facts right he hasn't been in the ring say, since i think february of 2020 and he's been out with, with a concussion that that entire time and who knows what other other type of injuries and th- and whatnot so he looked like he had some ring rust on him moving a little bit slower he's obviously older and everything didn't didn't look like the Samoa Joe that we're like quite used to. I hope that that's a, a sign of just like it's been a while and he will he will get there and he'll he'll return kind of to form and not a sign of like oh man, it just doesn't quite have it anymore. Uh, I lean more to- towards the former. It's just like hasn't wrestled since February 2020. It's tough. It's tough to come back and you're wrestling a guy like Cross who, in like the best opponent in the world to to show off like Joe's strengths and everything. Uh, Joe, Joe works best with kind of like the smaller guys that'll sort of like bump around for him and his offense will look very good. I mean, he's Samoa Joe. He just, he tosses dudes around. His offense always looks very crisp when Joe has to be on the defense. It's a little bit of a different story. Unless you have a guy with crisp, crisp offense, like, like a Brock Lesnar or somebody, then Joe, Joe can still play to some of his strengths. Karrion Cross ain't that dude. Um, but I, I thought it was a good match. And I like that Joe won with the muscle buster. We hadn't seen that in a while. Um, and so I, I really like that he won with the muscle buster. Fantastic. I think you got it all in there. And uh, did you mention what you think is next for Samoa Joe? I know we mentioned the, you know, I mentioned the tournament thing with Walter. I, like I mentioned Kyle O'Reilly as well. Because, you know, Kyle O'Reilly, you got to give him something coming off of yeah. this one. Or else Adam Cole's, you know, farewell for Kyle O'Reilly kind of goes nowhere from there. So I do think that those would be two options for some challengers for Samoa Joe. Do you have anybody else you might want to add? Uh, I like your tournament idea. I don't know if you go O'Reilly because like he's a baby fate. I'm like, man, that's a tough spot for Kyle O'Reilly. Cause Joe's going to get cheered. I feel like he needs like a traditional heel to go up against him. Maybe somebody like Pete Dunn. I feel like they might go Pete Dunn and drag uh, Ilya because he, he has the victory over Ilya. So, so that would make sense. I'd like Joe against Roddy, even though Roddy uh, is going to work with Kushida 
here. Um, trying to think of like the other the other kind of heels in NXT. Like Joe and Cole would have been great. Obviously, that's not happening happening now. Um, I like your idea of the tournament, and, and you go and you go with Walter. I really like that idea. See, and that's the thing too is that I want to see Pete Dunn in this position as well, but I almost feel like right now they're having to be a shadow for Ridge Holland. Like he's in the shadows right now of Ridge Holland, so I don't necessarily know if that's going to be you know somebody that they might put up there, which I think they should, especially if you're not going to have them win, have them have this great story with, uh, with Samoa Joe, that could definitely be an option there too. So I do hope that they exhaust these options and actually use them there. But we got a couple of super chats here about carrying cross and Samoa Joe. This one is from Dustin Swift. who says, good show. Do we know if Joe signed a new contract when he returned to NXT or is he just working through his old one, just in NXT? I think he signed a new one. Am I correct on that, Jeremy? I, I would imagine he signed a new deal. We have another super chat from Todd Ball who says, am I alone not getting the Karrion Cross appeal? I honestly haven't followed him much, but I really wasn't impressed tonight. Did he gas out? Those forearms were yikes. They took any appeal that he had. I would say they took it away. Yeah. The, I, I No, you're definitely not alone in getting the Karrion Cross <laughs> appeal because I don't think he appeals to a lot of people. <laughs> And we got another super chat from Nicholas, uh, Nikolai, excuse me, who has a brilliant idea, Jeremy. Get this. Jeff Hardy for number one <laughs> contender, BTW. He says JK. Oh, I, why you you don't even have to joke about this. We know the history between Joe and Jeff Hardy. Like that's <laughs> that's there. That's a story. That was a great promo that that Joe was cutting. Joe at the bar and stuff. Like the history's there. I'm for it. I'm for it. I love it. I love it. All right. So we are pretty much at the end of our review, but we do got a couple of super chats that were uh, not. Well, sort of wrestling related, a couple of them. Let me look at these here. Uh, but let's see what we got here. We got some couple of very random super chats, so we'll address these and then uh, we'll go ahead and move on from here. Uh, this one is from uh, Dan V900 who says, So, Jeremy, I'm expecting multiple articles and coverage of Punk's real in ring return as Ricky Rabies next Sunday on Heels. You get the Ricky Rabies, or is he saying, is he wrote babies on here? Did he do that on purpose? Because it's rabies. And he wrote, you get the Ricky, because he, okay, so Dan V wrote Ricky Babies, <laughs> but it's supposed to be Ricky Rabies. Is there, is there a joke that I'm missing here? I don't, no. I don't know the joke. It, okay, it's, so it's just a spelling error. Okay, just making sure that I wasn't missing another <laughs> joke here. Uh, but the Ricky Rabies, in, uh, someone asked if I got the Ricky Rabies interview. I did not. Uh, I got I got lucky to get the interviews that I got during the Stars Heels uh, Blue Carpet event. I was very lucky that I even got Stephen Amell for like one question. They were like, quick, one question. I was like, oh, go, you know. But anyways, uh, Jeremy, I guess do you want to answer this question? Yeah, I'll probably end up writing an article about it. Got to pop the people, Denise. Got to pop the pals. All right. Fantastic. We got another super chat from ResDog92. Says, Denise drunk with the power of the great Muta. Yeah, I, I, I get it now. It's very exciting to mute somebody, actually. Once you get your, your finger on the you know power to mute somebody button, I mean, it's great. All right. Uh, we got another super chat from Matt Black who says, thank you for all the entertainment. I love it. You're welcome. Uh, we got another super chat from Mike Proventure, too, who says, the great muter with the most disrespectful, disrespectful run-in. Joey Bag of Donuts says, Denise was muted longer than Bianca Becky match. I won, oh, Jeremy. You were. I was. You were. You were. You were. You were going on for like a good minute and a half there. I had no idea I was muted. I didn't even notice. I didn't. I even thought notice. you knew, and you were just no. like play into it. 
No, I did not know. Like I genuinely did not know for some reason. And then I tried to unmute myself, but instead I removed myself from the stream. (laughs) (laughs) We got a super chat from Tony P who says, Khan said Triple H will have a... We'll have a say in NXT releases. No, I think he said he had a say in NXT releases. Or he's okay, whatever. So Tony P says, Khan said Triple H will have a say in NXT releases. I wouldn't be shocked if it is a way to cover up bad release choices when he and Vince makes them in order to not take full blame. Thoughts on this, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, I know what Nick Khan said, what he said and what actually happens to two different kind of things, I believe. This is okay. I'll be I'll be frank with you. Okay, this was when I made that joke. When I made that joke about having that Nick Khan confidence, what that I mean is, if you come in, it doesn't matter what you're saying. People will buy it if you say it with confidence, and that's the one thing I learned from that interview. Is if I go in and say whatever the hell I want, if I say it with confidence, there will be people that buy it. I I get what you mean. I I just Tony is my con of choice. Moving on. (laughs) Brandon Charles Powell says, no lockers. Where did you put your books? I carried them on my back. That's why she's so short. Scrunched her down. And I walked. I walked with those books too. All right. We got to know how to walk. (laughs) We got uh, another super chat from Ricardo, El Idolo de la Distracción, who says, I've met Bork. He tried to get me fired. (laughs) Do you know Bork? Bork Laser is? Apparently, I don't know anybody. My God, Denise. Jesus Christ. All right. And the last super chat that I'm seeing on here, this one is for about Cross and Samoa Joe, who says not going to. Uh, oh, wait, this is from Luis. Never mind. Luis just says that he, he's not going to lie. Joe versus Hardy for the NXT title would slap. <laughs> um, oh, thank you. Bork is apparently Brock Lesnar. Thanks. Yes. I didn't know that was short for whatever. <laughs> no one tells me shit. I don't have friends, Jeremy. It's just me by myself. I don't got a social circle. This is what happens when you're Hollywood Salcedo. You don't need friends. Jeremy, when you're at the top, it's very hard to have friends when you're it's at very, the top. It's very lonely at the top, it's Denise. Very, it's true. It's very lonely at the top. I, I will say that. Alrighty. Now that now that everybody knows uh, my flaws here about not being able to read and I don't know what Bork is, it's great fantastic that is our show ladies and gentlemen but before we go jeremy tell the people where they can find you find me in the gym every day getting shots up uh at jeremy lambert 88 on twitter like everyone knows where where i'm at i'm here on fightful i've done technically four straight shows on this on this website uh this this weekend three straight post shows i just want to give a quick thank you to uh, alex blowski who was on the show Friday night, post AEW, post SmackDown, SummerSlam last night. Uh, Kate, who joined the show Friday. Luis, putting all the Super Chats together. All the mods in the chat this weekend. It's been a very, very, very busy weekend here at Fightful. Uh, while Sean Ross Sapp was off, you know, rubbing elbows with Hollywood Salcedo and all the WWE stars and getting all the free swag, even though it can't be bought. Myself, uh, the, the, the guys, Gisberto and Robert, holding it down. Uh, doing doing the news rounds. Just thank you. Thank you guys for all the support this weekend. It means a lot. It was a very, very busy weekend. Thank you guys for all the support. I appreciate it very much. Fantastic, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Denise Salcedo. I officially finally surpassed 30K subscribers. This has been subscribers. Oh my gosh. Followers. This has been my busiest uh, month by far in a very long time. Also, head on over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. My interview with Bianca Belair 
the last time I checked, and this was a couple of hours ago, was like at 65K. So please make sure you guys go check out that interview and check out all the other ones I posted. There's dozens of them. Um, so please make sure to go check those out as well. And again, follow me on Twitter and our Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Other than that, do not forget to give this video a like, subscribe to the channel. And I'm Denise Salcedo. This is Jeremy Lambert. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.